0: Well I wonder when it feels for you like Christmas is over. For some people it's the end of Christmas Day when everybody returns to their home if you've had a big gathering at your house or whether you have traveled to see family. Uh, For some maybe it's the end of Boxing Day, the bank holiday uh, is finished. Uh, When the following down the 27th, life sort of begins its inevitable return to normality for a brief few days before then New Year's Eve and New Year's Day uh, come along. For my family growing up, it had to be over by today, New Year's Eve, because tomorrow is my sister's birthday, New Year's Day. So Christmas had to be finished because suddenly it was my sister's birthday on New Year's Day. Um, For others, it might be when the Christmas holidays finish, when uh, people return to school term or when you return to your normal pattern of work. For others, it's Twelfth Night or Candlemas. There doesn't seem to be a great consensus, but there is a consensus that Christmas does come to an end. It would be a a strange thing, wouldn't it, if we kept all of these Christmas decorations up and we sang Hark the Herald Angels Sing every week between now and next Christmas, even in July. uh, See amid the winter's snow in July would seem a little unseasonal, wouldn't it? But just as Christians are sometimes described as an Easter people, it's true, too, that we are a Christmas people. That is, the events of Easter and of Christmas are core to our faith. They're fundamental, they shape our faith, our understanding of God and our understanding of ourselves. And our response uh, to both Easter and Christmas is evident in both our Bible readings today. It's rejoicing and celebrating and praising God for what he has done, for meeting us in Christ and for achieving our salvation through his death and his resurrection and his invitation to invite him into our own lives that we might live life to the full with him. So this morning I want to unpack a little bit about rejoicing and celebrating and praising God and think a little about the shepherd's experience as we do that. But before that we'll skip back to Isaiah because we could have had a much longer reading from Isaiah this morning because at the very beginning of Isaiah, chapter 61 uh, of where our uh, reading was taken from chapter 10 uh, sorry verse 10 this morning if we come back to verse 1 uh, that's the part of the scroll which Jesus reads at the beginning of his uh, ministry where it says about good news being proclaimed to the poor and here in Luke's gospel we see that literally happening we see good news being proclaimed as Christ's birth is told to the poor shepherds living in the fields nearby. The poor shepherds uh, are living probably somewhere between Bethlehem and Jerusalem and they're visited by this angel uh, and then a group of angels. But the first angel gives them this good news. They receive good news of great joy. But at first they're frightened, which actually in the Bible is the usual response to angel encounters because uh, they are not quite as fluffy as they might be on our Christmas trees. Uh, biblical angels, in fact, when I was at theological college, somebody had a go at making a biblical angel for the top of the Christmas tree, and it had about 17 wings and 11 eyes and all sorts of stuff. It was a terrifying sight. The, the response from a, uh, an encounter with a biblical angel normally is fear. But the words they are then met with is, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. For all people. And the good news is not just that a baby has been born, that Jesus has been born. It doesn't actually say that in Luke. It says the good news is a Saviour has been born, the Messiah, the Lord. That is Christ. Christmas and Easter are both wrapped up together right from the very start. This baby is not just a baby, he is the Saviour. He is Christ, the Lord. And after they've been given this good news, then this whole heavenly host of angels comes giving praise and glory and singing glory to God and peace on earth to all those on whom God's favour rests. And that is where we then enter the story today. uh, Because our reading from Luke this morning said, after the angels had left them. Now, I wonder if our experience of Christmas could be a little bit like that group of shepherds. In those few, busy, intense days of carol services and Christingle services and midnight services, Christmas morning, busyness on Christmas Day, we hear amongst that the good news of Jesus' birth being proclaimed loud and clear, unmissable and we have this kind of intense and amazing experience where we hear again, year by year, this amazing truth proclaimed before us. And then, whenever it is Boxing Day, Twelfth Night, New Year's Day, one day the decorations come down, Christmas is over, the Christmas story is finished for another year, Mary and Joseph and Jesus go back in the nativity box to be unpacked next Advent and next Christmas. The angels have left us, as it were. Placing ourselves in the story, real life returns. We have sheep to tend to, to feed, to protect from wolves and lions. Real life, the needs of real life are pressing And so the Christmas story could so easily be cut short, couldn't it? After the angels left them, the shepherds carried on tending to their flocks, feeding their sheep, protecting them from lions and wolves. But that's not what happened, was it? After the angels left them, something happened. They didn't just go back to feeding their sheep, protecting them from lions and wolves. Because Christmas, the story of Christmas, the truth which the angels proclaimed, requires a response from us. What do the shepherds do? They listen to the angels, they take in the message of good news, and then they do something about it. The first thing they do about it is they talk with one another. They said, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. They talk to one another and they decide to take action. And when they get there, they find the baby in the manger, as they were told, and they make known what the angels had told them. And they return, glorifying God, rejoicing and praising. So what I want to do this morning is look at just a few of the actions that the shepherds take following the angels leaving them, which lead them to that joyful Response which we hear about. So firstly, they went. That's the first action. They actually go. There seems to be a sense of urgency that Luke's conveying uh, through the shepherds and his account of their actions. First of all, they say to each other, let us now go. They don't say, let's arrange in a few weeks' time or a few months' time to visit and see whether that thing was true. They say, let us now go. And then Luke records, so they went with haste there seems to be an urgency about it. They don't put off their response. They don't hang about. They respond with proactive action. They are going immediately, it seems. Now, I'm sure it could have been very tempting for them to think, we, we've got more pressing needs than visiting a baby. We've got wolves and lions and sheep to look after, uh, wolves and lions to protect sheep from. But Christmas would have so easily been cut short had they been distracted by that. If the shepherds hadn't have, been responded, hadn't have responded, then so much of the story would have been missing because actually it's from the shepherds that Mary and Joseph hear what the angels told them about the child. That struck me as I was reading it. It's from the shepherds that Mary and Joseph hear what was told them by the angels and whoever else was there at the time as well, because all who heard it were amazed. The angelic proclamation is entrusted to the shepherds, and they deliver it to Mary and Joseph. Have you heard something this Christmas which makes you want to draw closer to God, to Jesus? If so, be like the shepherds. Do something about it with haste. Don't miss the moment, please. There is an immediate opportunity in that next week there's an alpha course starting. Churches Together are running alpha in Cobham. Um, It's not too late to sign up. That begins on Wednesday night on the 8th of January, uh, the week of the 8th of January go and have a conversation with somebody talk to to myself to Philip uh, to our church wardens to Ron to Patrick others who are involved in leadership here if if God is prompting you to draw closer to him if you have heard something this Christmas which makes you want to go and see please don't miss the opportunity the shepherds say let us go together you don't need to worry about going on your own Perhaps even the person sitting next to you, you could say, let us go together to talk to somebody about this. Let us go together to find out more about Jesus. Because finding out with others is uh, part of the way that we do faith. We journey together. The shepherds didn't go on their own. They went together to find Jesus. That's part of what we do in life groups as a church. We journey together towards Jesus. However you make the journey towards Jesus, don't stay where you are, please. Don't ignore the prompting. Please, the shepherds went. If you want to draw near to Jesus, if you have had that same prompt this Christmas, then please go close to Jesus. Secondly, the shepherds told. They told about what the angels had said to them, what they had seen and heard. They talked about it. First of all, they talked about it with one another. As I mentioned, they said, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's taken place. They talked about it with one another. They spurred one another on to action. And when they got there, they told of what had taken place. And all who heard it were amazed. Are we in the habit of talking to one another about what God is doing in our own lives? Because the result of the shepherds talking to one another and talking to Mary and Joseph, telling of the actions that God was taking, was that all who heard it were amazed. It was the shepherds' testimony. It wasn't about them. It was just simply what they saw and what they heard. And all who saw it or heard what they said were amazed. I had the privilege this week of hearing A quite amazing story of God's work in somebody's life in this parish. Quite an exceptional story of God's work, clearly at work in this person's life. When we tell our stories, God is glorified and we are able to give him praise. When we tell one another about what God is doing, it's my experience that often the pieces come together. The threads are drawn in the stories match up, things start making more sense because the Christian life happens not in isolation but within community. God entrusts a message for somebody else, perhaps to you or to me and then he says, are you going to say it? Are you going to tell them? What would have happened if the shepherds hadn't said when they arrived to Mary and Joseph? They would never have known and they would never have had that opportunity to be amazed and Uh, to, to have known the fullness of what God was doing through this child. The life of God happens amongst the people of God. We need one another on this journey. Would one shepherd have gone on his own? Or was it the encouragement of the community to travel that allowed him, them, to make that step together? The third action is that they returned Christmas does have to come to an end one day, whenever it might be. The season of Christmas doesn't last forever. The shepherds didn't move into the stable with Mary and Joseph. They didn't stay with the baby forever. We can't stay in Christmas season forever. But as they return, they do so rejoicing, glorifying and praising God. I wonder if those shepherds were ever quite the same after their encounter with the angel, which led them to Bethlehem to see that child laid in the manger. I kind of can't imagine that it would have been. I can't imagine that when they went back to that field, that the next night or the night after that, they didn't talk about it. They didn't think about it. They didn't ch- it hadn't changed something in them. I'm sure that they did look after their sheep in quite the normal way. I'm sure that they did protect them from wolves and lions and make sure that they had good pasture and everything that they needed, tended to them when they were stuck in a, in a uh, ravine or they had a, a lame foot. Whatever their needs were, I'm sure they went back to looking after their sheep. But something had changed. Normal life has to return to some degree, but whenever we have encountered Jesus... Normal life is never really normal again. When we truly understand that God has met us in his son, that changes everything. What kind of shepherd would that lead them to be? What kind of person does that encounter lead us to be? It truly changes everything. Our reading from Isaiah this morning says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Why do the shepherds rejoice? Why can we rejoice? as we return to normality from the season of Christmas. We can rejoice because God has met us in his son, but more than that, he has, through his son, clothed us with salvation and righteousness. The joy which is at the heart of Christmas is not that we have drawn close to God, but that he has drawn close to us. Not that we have clothed ourselves with righteousness and salvation as we decorate our church and decorate our homes but that God has dressed us in righteousness and salvation through Jesus Christ and those garments are more wonderful more joy giving even than a Christmas jumper with bells on and you can wear them all year round they don't have to go back in the wardrobe they're garments we wear that God dresses us in all year round. And that's why we can rejoice at Christmas and at Easter and all year round. Because we don't have to take off the garments of righteousness and salvation which have been given us, in which we've been clothed uh, by God in Christ. But we can wear them all year round. We are an Easter people all year round. We are a Christmas people all year round. So when does Christmas come to an end? Well perhaps really. It never does. Because normality. If we have encountered Christ. Never truly quite returns. Because when we leave the stable. We like those shepherds do so. Rejoicing. And the reasons for our rejoicing. Remain with us all year around. So can I encourage us this morning, to be like those shepherds, to respond with urgency to the message that we've heard, to go, to draw near to Jesus, to become a people who are comfortable talking with one another and with others about what God is doing in our lives, the things that we see and hear. And when normality returns, as it inevitably must Can we return to normality with that rejoicing and praising and glorifying God because of all that we have seen and heard and know, all that we know that God is doing in and through Christ, which means that we are and can be eternally changed. So let me finish this morning by praying for us all. Father God, thank you that you Uh, reveal the fullness of your uh, character in Jesus, in his birth, in his life, in his death and his resurrection. Lord, we thank you that we can come to know the truth of who you are and what that means for us. We pray, Lord, that as we have heard of you this Christmas, we would be like those shepherds and we would respond by Drawing near to you. That we would tell of the things that you are doing and have done. And that our lives would be marked with that rejoicing and praise and glorifying of you. uh, Which is characterful, uh, which characterizes your community here, Lord, uh, the people of God. Would you fill us with your spirit, we pray, that we might know those garments of salvation and righteousness which you have clothed us with, and that our lives, when they return to the normality, to the everyday, would never be quite the same. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.